Hello and welcome to West Underground. Today we have another episode uh, for you guys with none other than uh, a swift farewell. Now, just off the bat, guys, how did you how did you start your band and, and uh, what's your story? Sarah, I'm not Sarah. Unless you want to take it. So basically, as all great bands do, no, we actually started on Facebook. Um, I put out an ad on various Facebook groups looking for band members, basically. Um, And over time, like over a couple of years, sort of went through different people, um, different members and have come and gone. Um, And yeah, through that, we've also, you know, picked up like um, Sarah and that from friends of previous band members who are no longer sort of with us. So it's sort of been all over the place, but yeah, it sort of originated um, from a good old Facebook post in, <laughs> in yeah, several groups in there. On the Sydney Musicians Network or? And that would have been one of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> and, um, and, and all the other guys, what's kind of been your story? Um, how did you find out about the band and how did you obviously join? Um, I literally, I was living in Hamilton Island, Queensland for work and I just moved back and my first week I was like saying to a friend, I'm going to look for a van and then I just saw Emma's post, just hit her up and then yeah, was the only one addition. So it worked out. <laughs> oh, nice, man. <laughs> and, uh, and and Dwayne, well, how did you kind of find out at the band? Were you like a late joiner? Um, I was the one who joined. Sarah was the last one. I joined before her. Yeah. Um, this was about a month after I finished uni. I was talking to mates saying like, hey, I miss playing music. I want to I wanna do more music. And yeah, then I saw one of the previous members, Facebook posts, hit him up. I was also the only one to show up to auditions. So I just, I got in pretty easily. And uh, yeah, that, that's my pretty short origin story. Putting Family it out range. there though, it's not the reason that they're in. <laughs> if, well, they're like, if we did not get along and love each other, then we would not have <laughs> back together. <laughs> I'm pretty and, sure the first prerequisite is like, they can play. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and Sarah, what, what was your journey? Um, so... In like, like a few months before joining a Swift Farewell, I already wanted to be in a band, so I posted something as well on Facebook. And that's when I met Noah, which um, he was the old guitarist in the Swift Farewell, but I met him. He wasn't in the band yet. And we met, we played guitar for a bit, but then it didn't work out because there was no one else. And then... Um, I, I just kind of gave up and then a few months later Noah hit me up and he was like oh I'm in this band now do you want to we, we're looking for bassists do you want to audition and there was another bassist auditioning so that wasn't only me so I kind of won the audition nice nice did. Did. I think to be fair she won because she came very early and it threw us off that was very yeah <laughs> so who's the early one obviously you're the early one to practice then Sarah and uh is there anyone in the band who's like the late one who always comes like 5 10 15 minutes late yeah that's uh, kind of all of us yeah all of the time it's actually at my house and I'm still the last one ready um but 
at least I'm here technically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We, try, we tried to do a competition. It was like, okay, whoever's last has to buy us a shout of drinks. And, yeah. then, and then Sarah was last one time and she bought us coffee, which was nice. And then after that, we stopped because we didn't, we couldn't be bothered to buy anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it happened too often <laughs> to keep track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we lost count and we're like, well, at least Sarah got us a drink. So that's all that matters. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, um, yeah. And then guys, like what's been the story, like, um, you know, from you guys becoming a band, obviously. And then, uh, cause I'm, I'm not too familiar with you guys. Like we, I found out about you through Paul and I've been doing a little bit of back research the last couple of days, but, um, I just want to know, like, did you get to go around and play like the, you know, the pub circuit and, and stuff like that before coronavirus? Uh, not really. I mean, yeah, before COVID, we played a lot of like small venues. Uh, so like, yeah, there were pubs, but then we stopped playing small venues. I don't know. We uh, moved on to bigger spaces. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. We wanted to, you know, um, you know, we decided to not play the pub shows as much anymore and focus on, you know, releasing good music, um, good content, um, you know, good um, product to, you know, show everyone. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're here to, you know, play shows, but interact and get new fans and all that jazz so we stopped doing the little pub shows just to be able to focus on one little thing and you know um focus on that to make it bigger we also found that we were starting to get asked by other bands and stuff to play with them yeah. that was sort of bigger than us but um we had so many shows going that it sort of either conflicted dates or you know a lot of you know you, you don't want to have the same band playing like two weeks in a row sort of thing yeah. because you know why would they go to that show when they can go to that show so we sort of became more selective with which shows we were sort of starting to play which is always an amazing thing to be able to do yeah um and i mean we absolutely love playing so we all sort of just want to play every single week anyway but um we also um, want to be able to grow the band and we've sort of found that that's happened more with being um, more um, available to those slightly bigger um, yeah, shows yeah. than just the small local pub type shows. Not that we don't still sort of do those for fun sometimes too, but yeah. Nice. It's really interesting that you say that because we've interviewed a lot of bands over, over like the last two weeks and um, everyone says that, you know, like that, you know, we're, we're reserving ourselves for, you know, one show a month or one show every every couple of months, but releasing and then hyping up that show is just so we can, you know, pack it out and and you know really sell it out. And um, it sounds like you guys are on that on that road as well, which you know is a good thing because I've seen bands grow really fast as well from from doing that. Mm. But um, just a question to you guys: like, do you do you prefer like prefer to perform music or write it? I'm definitely perform. I am all perform. Yeah. That's definitely my favorite part of this whole thing, um, which I'm very open about <laughs> with everyone, um, including the yeah. band. We all know our strengths and weaknesses, and um, we definitely work together to 
create the best that we sort of can with within those. But yeah, performing is definitely my favorite. Nice guys. And I feel like I'm Paul's going to kill me after this. I haven't let him speak yet. <laughs> Happens every time. <laughs> well, that's all right. It works out for us. Anyway, I've just got a question. Since you guys did a few shows, is it better? Do you reckon it's better to have a great venue or a great lineup? Oh, I actually like, oh. start to call and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I think a great lineup. Yeah. Like if they're friendly, they don't even have to be big bands, but if they're like fun people to be around, then that's going to be a fun night. I don't really care where it is, but like big venues are nice too. We play yeah. the factory theater, like the big room and yeah. it was crazy. But it was also nice because the bands were nice. So I feel like that matters more. But yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think yeah, big lineup. lineup. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, if it's a really bad lineup and you know it's a good venue, but you just don't really vibe with the other bands, you're just like, hey, what's up? We're here. We'll play. <laughs> and then we'll just chill at the merch stand. If you want to say hi, we'll say, you know. But at least with a great lineup, you like after the show, you can hang out with everyone, talk to everyone. And even like before the show, like, you know how like you have that set up stage, everyone's just like vibing or just talking to each other and just hyping each other up for the show and like what a big night's going to be. And you know, like, you know, if everyone's on the same page as you, everyone's just going to do the very best at the performance. And from that, it will translate to the fans and everyone's just going to have a good time. Does it help when big bands can bring in the crowd as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So guys, who's the who's the songwriter in the band or do you all do it like um do you share it amongst each other or does one person kind of bring an idea to the um, table? It kind of started out um like our first EP was when each person joined the band and we all brought in a song, worked on it from there. Recently it's been a lot of uh Sarah and Rio. Yeah. I've been I've been taking over and we're cool with that. They do they do a hell of a good job. Mm. In saying that, though, when they bring in the songs and whatever, um, they don't ever sound the same. <laughs> it's whenever someone brings something to the plate, it's basically in knowledge that it's for everyone to then put their own flavour yeah. and vibe on everything else. And, I mean, um, with the songs that we've sort of recently brought out, um, it's a completely different song to the demos that, anyone had sort of brought in in this case the last few years have been um mainly sort of yes yeah, sarah and rio um but yeah every song that anyone has sort of brought forward has completely changed and everyone's had their own input even during the actual recording process half the time it's we go into record and we're like oh yeah no this this sounds even better we come up with even more ideas and stuff so um yeah it's it's definitely a collaborative thing but um yeah definitely um Sarah um, is and yeah yeah I usually start or like um, laying down a structure or something I try to record just a simple song with like simple drums and the structure and things and then I give it to everyone and then everyone adds their ID so I, I, I write the bass but then it it's completely different at the end because everyone adds their instruments and their parts and stuff. Yeah. That's kind of everyone. 
Nice. And do you start off like Sarah with, with music or melody? Do you sit there with a, like a, you know, a melody line in your head and then build it on that? Or do you start? Um, usually melody. Uh, I like, like, use sometimes I'm, I just get melodies, ideas in my head and I write it. That That's how most of the songs start. But sometimes I hear something fun in a song and I'm like oh I kind of want to try a song that sounds like this so it starts with instruments but it's more often the melody line and also Rio has really good melodies sometimes and he sent he sends me voice memo and I'm like oh I'm gonna write a song to that melody so it starts with Rio's melodies sometimes Oh, nice. It's it's always like, I love asking this question too, because there's no like definitive answer amongst different people. Everyone's, everybody's different, but I uh, yeah. love it when it's built from like melody first, because a lot of, a lot of people recently be doing it the opposite way around. And I, I love that way. It's like the same process as the Beatles and, you know, all the bands I liked when I was from child up. So yeah. yeah. And um, guys, who, who were you like influenced by originally to play music as well? Like who are your individual influences? Like first ever? Like first ever and, you know, the ones you kind of go back to and say that those are the most important and, um, you know, life-changing ones. Uh, one Direction. That's Sarah. were the first inspiration and then what inspired me to do pop punk and not just pop was probably all time low and then what's who's inspiring inspiring me the most now i would say is ten Atlantic. nice yes, that's me uh mine this is going to show my age but backstreet boys <laughs> remember growing up like um in indonesia my mom and my Mom's side of the family always listened to Backstreet Boys. And my first ever tape was Backstreet Boys. <clears throat> so that's really got me into music because like I was surrounded by people in my family playing guitar and singing. Yeah. But you know, the standard um Blink 182, um, Good Charlotte, Simple Plan, um, Paramore was the reason I got into pop punk. But my real first inspiration was Backstreet Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Nice and um, and the rest of you and the rest of you guys, uh, Dwayne. Who? What about what about yeah. yourself? Who? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm a basic pop punk kid, you know. Starting off, all time low, Mayday Parade, Piece of Ale. Um, with song ideas recently, I feel like I've changed to to like like the recent uh, Stan Atlantic album, the, the recent Bring Me the Horizon album, and um, yeah, I don't know the more slightly evolved sound, but still sticking to where i started at the the heart of it all i guess yeah and uh emma i started off as like a a pop kid um you know your jojo hillary duff that kind of stuff um i didn't mean to rhyme um but i've yeah, grown up singing my on my dad's side they've all been in bands my whole life so every time we'd get together my dad would constantly play guitar and I'd sing along to all the old school class your pub rock songs as well um but yeah my first at a few concerts and stuff were Avril Lavigne and yeah Hilary Duff and stuff like that but um it was definitely Paramore that um I was introduced to them um 
when I was like 15, maybe a very long time ago. This is like 2006 or whatever when they came out. Um, and by my next door neighbor, she's like, I'm going to go see a band. You want to come? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then my whole world changed. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that's when I hit my emo phase and never really grew out of it. Um, so yeah, definitely. Yeah, Paramore were my first um, and yeah, key sort of band to get me into definitely knowing that this is sort of something I want to do and that's the sort of world that I want to be in. Nice, nice. I like how all your all your influences kind of inter intertwine with each other, which is nice to see. Yeah. And uh, and you know, what's been the like the highlight of of this band so far? Mm. Oh. <laughs> well, that's hard. <laughs> Maybe no, that's the recent one. I don't know if that's the best one, but the last show we played, the Headstrong show, was it was a small show. It was at the Burger King, but it was the first stand-up show we played since COVID started. So it was our first march of our first like sold-up room and stuff. So that was pretty fun, and we had a fun night. So. Yeah, we had a quite a few friends sort of come to those shows too, um, and I think that show as well was sort of. I mean, not the first time I've seen people sing our songs back, but it was the most amount of people and people I don't know. I yeah. sort of saw were singing our lyrics and I was like, oh, hang on. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> That's always a dream um, is to watch, like, or have people like singing back to you and singing along with you. And um, I definitely noticed at a lot more at that show which is also a good thing about the smaller venues instead of like the bigger venues is yeah. you do get that real face-to-face -face sort of interaction you can't really see like at the factory theater I meant it was amazing like the size yeah. of the stage and it was like so much more um, energy to, to run around and jump around and move um probably to my vocal detriment but um <laughs> but definitely yeah those smaller smaller gigs sort of just bring everyone in closer and it has higher energy and I definitely think yeah that headstrong gig um had the best sort of energy that I've sort of played with nice nice and um did you did you play with other bands that night or was it just you guys um we was... played with oh days oh. like these um from Brisbane and um afterthought from Sydney Oh, nice. And um, who would you say your favourite bands that you've met in Sydney are? Oh. Or you can list a couple. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to ask who, you, who the, your most disliked ones are. I'm not going to throw you guys under the bus. <laughs> no, all the bands that we've met are pretty, are really nice. The drunkest band that I've ever met is Cambridge. If yeah. we had to go specific, Cambridge is probably the drunkest. If I if we ever play another show with them, I've I've learned now I should not be drinking too much. I like <laughs> our old drunk uncles. Yeah. They look, every time we see them, they're like they're coming over and like grabbing on and making sure we're all doing all right. They've sort of taken us under their wing. <laughs> um, but yeah, the most yeah, like that's the drunk. And everyone else is just chilled and fun and vibing. <laughs> yeah. That's what's great about the current um, scene, though, is everyone, it, it is such a big family sort of vibe. Like, everyone just does sort of take care of one another, and which is fantastic. Um, 
So yeah, I don't think we've really had much bad things sort of happen. It's always positive and um, yeah, pretty pretty loving. So cute. Yeah, <laughs> can't really say who's the best since everyone's just pretty much on the same level. Yeah, um, which is great. <laughs> Especially recently, um, before we went back down into COVID lockdowns and stuff, um, the gig that um, Emmy from Red Hook sort of put on at Crowbar, yeah. um, that was an amazing event with so many um, members of all different bands. So that was such a big get together and we all got to meet so many different people who we um, hadn't met before or if we had had some kind of communication over the socials or you know heard through other people and it was nice to put you know actually see people yeah, face yeah. to face um but yeah that night really highlighted how close-knit and how everyone will sort of come together and support one another um so yeah that that's yeah, a big a big show of yeah how how great the scene is at the moment yeah, and uh, Paul, speaking of that gig, I'll throw the torch to you. Yeah, from the past interviews, they brought up the same gig as well. To some of them were to like Badman, Born, we um, interviewed Jordan and Boyer. And they also, Motley and the Cruise as well, was Blake Terrace was there. And yeah. just everyone we interviewed, they just brought up that one gig as well, because yeah, I was there myself. Because I was just with the Motley and the Cruise boys, the Wicked Things, and everyone else. And it was a fun night just to be with everyone. Just feel like every big person was there that night as well. Yeah, I just thought it was a great night for everyone to get get together. Yeah, anyone, was... uh, did anyone compliment the bartender that was there that night? <laughs> yeah. oh, was that great. you? Was was that you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was main bartender. Oh, you were the you were the one inside the in room, the band right? room. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. it makes sense now. Yeah, you know, I got to watch everything from way on the other side of the room and that clean it up. up and clean it up, clean up the cake on the stage and <laughs> all the drinks everywhere. <laughs> I got it. that was probably my highlight just hearing about that it's like I had to clean it up and it took me hours and it was so bad it did. I love watching it but then as soon as I saw that cake hit the floor I knew I had to clean it up I reckon I saw a towel of like plastic cups like up to the roof at one stage on, I, on the benches on the sides I'm pretty sure I stacked that so I could put it away later it was it was a big cleanup afterwards but a great night regardless had to work early next day so it was me, worth too. It. me too oh my god i was up at four the next morning and i didn't leave until like one wow <laughs> yeah i think i think i made a comment to sarah that she played better than blake that night and i told Ooh. blake as well oh was it too yeah, yeah that was my... <laughs> so i, I wanted don't... to rub it in i don't think so like he was so good and you told me and i was like oh thank you but i didn't believe yeah you. i think blake i told blake so... he was hogging up all the songs he never got up i'm like mate you, you're here the whole time <laughs> no blake was amazing he was good Especially yeah. learning all those songs yeah. in such a oh, short yeah. period. No, I was like, whoa. Yeah, I don't know how, how like, <laughs> a whole house band learned how many songs in such a short time frame. It's pretty mm -hmm. insane. Yeah. Yeah. Just on your new song, what was the idea behind it with the song Sunburn? Yeah. What do you mean, the idea? Like yeah, the idea. Yeah, musically. Did you guys have, like, did you see you got different ideas for different songs? What was the idea behind this one? Um, I think when I started writing it, it was the, the, um, I don't know if you know the band 
tell waves, but they're like more pop than pop punk. And I was like, oh, that'd be nice if we have a slow song with like a clean guitar at the end. So I started playing the clean guitar. And for the chorus, I wanted something like a real loving kind of stuff, like just easy power chords, but a catchy chorus. And uh, yeah, that's how the idea came. Like just easy pop punk pop kind of song, but catchy. And then um, it was like the drums were really easy in my demo and Dwayne wrote a lot of, uh, at first they were crazy, but then he dialed it down a bit and then now the drum sounds sick. Yeah, I tried to find a, a good balance of simple yeah. but complex, took a while. I remember when you like, when you, <laughs> I remember at one practice, Sarah was like, so how's the drums going? And Dwayne's like, so I've give up. And I was like, what? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, so you did it better. So I'm going to dial it down and just make it a bit Dwayne-y. So I'm like, okay, cool. that's, that's it. That's no, it. No, I don't think I would have said a bit Dwayne-y. A bit Dwayne-y. I added that part. I wouldn't have said Dwayne-y. I know, but this is my perspective of the story. But it was really funny in my head. <laughs> but I, I really wanted a song with a piano in it because we don't have any song with piano in it. I mean, sometimes there's piano in the background, like from Mousetrap or The Fire, there's a bit of piano, but I wanted just a piano that comes in out of nowhere. So it's nice to have that uh, soft piano bridge and that everyone was happy with it. But then it, it's really hard when we practice because we don't practice with a backing track. So whenever it's the piano solo, it's just nothing. We just stop and we're like, oh, we just can't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was really hard. Oh, I, like... <laughs> I think it was hard. I had to sing. I just had to count. <laughs> and I start now. <laughs> Does it give um, you good confidence that like Triple J and magazines give you good reviews of the song as well? Does it help you guys like move forward with confidence? Oh, yeah, the, the reviews were really nice. Like, that was really nice to read it. And every time we hear ourselves on the radio, we're all like, oh my God, we're on now, we're on now. Yeah. <laughs> Quick, switch now. We're like, ah. It's still getting, yeah, super exciting hearing our songs on, even, yeah, on Triple J and stuff. But um, yeah, no, it's amazing the sorts of um, feedback and stuff we've been getting. It's definitely, yeah, really good. And it helps um, sort of, know that we are sort of doing well sort of yeah. like I mean we do this for ourselves and we write the songs that we enjoy we're not going to put something out just because we think it's going to do great like we have to love the songs ourselves but it's nice to hear that um you know the rest of the industry and um and stuff they're enjoying it as much as we are um as well yeah, I've noticed that a lot of local bands have been going on Triple J Unearthed as well recently. Have you guys noticed the same thing? How there's a lot of bands just out of nowhere, just, they're just playing all these songs from the local area now? Yeah, that's sick. Like... It is sick. Yeah. <laughs> I've also noticed like uh, recently, like too, like there's a bunch of local um, Sydney playlists that have opened up, like the, like the local noise playlists. And then there's kind of been like, you know several several you know several other ones as well 
you know, just kind of highlighting, you know, Sydney bands, but also putting like, you know, kind of artists that are coming up in the in the mix with, um, you know, bigger artists. So you you click on one of yeah. these playlists and all of a sudden you're like, oh, who are these guys? Which is cool. And now, guys, like I know, like at the moment, we're in a pretty, you know, shit time um, in history. But are you guys like communicating and still writing music in lockdown? Or you just been having a bit of a break? I'm writing music because I don't have anything else to do. Like I don't have my job anymore. I, I I don't have my job anymore. I don't have anything to do. So I just write every day. Like that's all I do. So I have a lot of demos ready. And um, I send it and like we'll listen to it, but we can't do much except wait for when we can all get in a room together to like practice it because yeah. I, I do like i just write the structure and like the base of the song but i, I need the whole band to finish it and rio writes bass as well i send the tracks to rio and he writes the bass line but now we have a lot of demos with cool bass lines but we need Dwayne and emma we we need to get in a room and practice together yeah yeah uh, yeah i've heard that like there's a singer called nothing nowhere and for his album he wrote like 200 songs or something and just picked uh, 10 of them for the album so that's what i'm trying to look <laughs> how many up to now um uh, i think oh. like eight or nine something. i think so yeah yeah no. I, i'm i'm kind of slow but yeah <laughs> <laughs> well um like that that's good but do you guys have the ability to you know you guys do you guys all have logic or pro tools or you know ableton to be able to send over tracks to each other um i have logic so that's why i've been able yeah. to write bass lines but because working from home situation i can't do much yeah yeah because i don't want to be too loud and because yeah my parents are here and my brother's here it just gets too loud here in my house. Yeah. So even if I try to record, it's just, it's yeah. it's quite difficult to focus. <laughs> While we're on the topic of your room quickly, man, your bed is sick. I, <laughs> I don't like it. I didn't choose it. I just, I, like I said, I just moved back from Hamilton Island and my parents like, this is your room. And I saw the bed. I'm like, what is this monster? <laughs> I'm, I'm a small man. I don't need this big, but thank you. <laughs> Oh, just in the like, even the way that it's kind of in the background, it just looks, it just looks very grand. It looks bougie. I was like, oh God, this is so weird. Cause I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to sit down on the floor, my back behind the wall. So you can't yeah. see this. And I forgot about it. And as soon as I click the camera, I'm like, oh, I've committed now. Let's go. Oh, well, I, I thought it was, I thought that this is how you've set up your room. And eventually, <laughs> and I was like, man. Uh, yes, uh, this is actually rented. I have to return it tomorrow. <laughs> it's yeah. just you back tomorrow. So, you know. <laughs> and I also like the mirror in the corner too. It looks cool. <laughs> oh, God. It's, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with this room. <laughs> I can't do much, actually. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, a lockdown project for you now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Paul, are you? Yeah, I was gonna say something. Um, I was gonna say something earlier, but the topic changed. But I was gonna say if you had a, oh, sorry, if you had a gig, 
Which local band would you love to play with? Play Jay Gladstone because we never played with them. Oh yeah, Clay is good. Clay is good. Yeah. We've been trying for so long. Clay Jay Gladstone. Who else? Does wait when you say local bands oh. would stand? Oh, yeah, if you count as band local, or artists, bands or artists. Oh, just like within Sydney, I guess. Bellwether. Bellwether. Yep. Clay J, Gladstone, Bellwether, um, and oh, who's in Closure would be cool as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you reckon it? Do you reckon it could happen in the you know in the time we re you know the world kind of reopens? Do you reckon it's possible? Yeah, that, uh, that actually sounds possible. Mm. Like we should do it. I think yeah. after this. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds very possible, depending on what their schedule like. Because I feel like once lockdowns all over, everyone's just going to be announcing like, "We're going to play this show at this date," and there's going to be a huge clash. Yeah, there's, but, there's so many shows. But it's going to be sick. But then it's going to be sad because you're like, "Man, I really want to watch this band, but this other band's playing. What am I going to do? How am I going to split myself?" <laughs> I'll just go to one gig and then the other one. I feel like we've done this. We've done that. Yeah. Yeah, we should do it. <laughs> That's fun. The thing with Clay, everyone seems to cover his songs. I think you made it when you got other people covering your songs. Yeah. You got Blake covering his song last week. Would you guys like cover other band songs as like tributes or promotion for them? Or we have. <laughs> um, in uh, we not like we haven't recorded them as such, but like um, like on stage and stuff. Um, maybe not like small like local local sort of thing but like we've done yours truly and um and we did high hopes and stuff and we've done stan atlantic um we yeah sort of covered their show at their shows just covered their songs at our shows um so yeah 100 percent um would definitely sort of yeah cover like if it's a great song it should be celebrated in every way possible what about venues you guys have like a great venue to play at like a gold venue let's add one more thing onto this as well let's add a venue and festival Ooh. <laughs> uh, my Sorry. venue choice would be metro theater i know that sounds metro. weird metro yeah. the big room i watched yeah. fallout boy they live when they just got back and the Alex Leahy with San Atlantic show. That was just sick. It's like everyone was able to sit up and like it was just angled nice. And then you can just mosh in the very front. I thought that would be a nice venue to play. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, no. oh, oh, and first of all, I would say, um, oh no, what was it called? The one in Oxford Art Factory that had Between You and Me. Yours truly. Us Fest. Yes. Us Fest. Yeah. Yes. I know it's not a big festival as in like, a, like with lots of international bands, but that was really sick. Like seeing all the local artists and I found all of these cool new bands to listen to. Um, so yeah, definitely Us Fest for me. <laughs> nice. And um, the rest of the rest of you, we, we uh, have uh, thrown out this question to other bands. And uh, as soon as we throw this out, we're like, uh, what venue would you like to play at? And they're like, uh, Wembley. What yeah. the what festival? <laughs> oh damn! Should so, I have ain't bigger? Really <laughs> no, you can you can be as small or large as you like, I suppose. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, but like since I was 18, my goal for me was the Burger King, but now we play 
there and I didn't update my goal list. So I don't really know of venue, but probably maybe the factory again, because it was big, but like headlining, oh, and like standing up because it was a, everyone was sitting down. Mm. But I really like this venue and for festival, um, reading would be great, like reading and leads. It cool. looked no. so nice. Oh, yeah. I was watching the video and it looked sweet. I changed mine to like Slam Dunk Vessel Walk. Oh tour. my gosh. <laughs> I know. If we're, if we're going that big, I mine, it, mine are all like non existent anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> Growing up, I always wanted to play the entertainment center. Yeah. So sad. <laughs> um, and yeah, I also, you know, going to all the sound waves and, and stuff and yeah, dreamed of going over to the US and playing a big warp tour there and again sad <laughs> yeah very sad, sad. I mean there is still like a couple venues that have like all the history and stuff in Sydney I mean the Horton Pavilion's been going on for like mm. that long of time like uh, I, I recently watched a video the other day where David Bowie's like playing at the Horton Pavilion in you know in the 70s and I was like oh that's that's random you know like you wouldn't you wouldn't imagine that but it, you know it happened at some time but um, yeah, I I like the I like how you brought up the entertainment center. That was always something I wanted to do. And then as soon as I got like to eighteen, it was. Yep, <laughs> I was so sad. I was like, there goes that dream. <laughs> Where was it? Oh, the entertainment center. Yeah. Oh, it was in the it was in like the like the in the city but it was just one of those white like venues where everybody had come and played for like years and years and years right. and it, yeah it just had like history to it and um i don't know it was just like if you got to that level in australia you, you did that and then it was but um i suppose that's now what kudos bank arena kudos. yeah yeah i think it was before you actually came to australia sarah oh yeah i've never heard of it before yeah yeah, it's where the it's like towards Darling Harbour, you know that big massive mm. park. It's it was just yeah. down that way. Yeah. Oh, what is it? Oh, next to Chinatown, like just sort of yeah. from Chinatown. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> like, I think it moved to Crud I think Crudel's Bank Arena was it. They finished just moved it to Olympic Park and then they changed names, changed companies for it. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere. Now I feel like we got a sad. Um, I know. know. <laughs> what a downer. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, Paul, have you got any questions? I, I'm a bit stuck here. Mate. That's all right. I was just going to ask um, do you guys have like any advice for younger bands starting off? Advice for younger bands? Yeah, younger bands or young artists who are trying to start oh. a band. Do you have any advice? I have one. Don't make social media accounts before releasing music because oh. no one cares. Like, <laughs> you're just going to post pictures of yourself in a park and everyone is going to be like, oh, they don't have music. Like, before, like, it's easy to be impatient and be like, oh, I want to announce that I'm in a band. But you should start to, like, it's easier if you get it right from the start, which it's not what we did. Like, we posted photos in a park and then we waited eight months to release a song that had like that looked pretty amateur which we were but 
Um, there's bands like uh, Wax Flower and Bell Weather. They started their band by starting right. That was great music, great photos, great concepts and stuff. And it was easier for them. So I start to get it, uh, try to get it right from the start, I think. Yeah, I think you're on to something there. I think that only works if you're if you're a party band. Like if you're going out and, you know, getting heaps of people drunk and partying and then that that other method works. But for the most part, you know, doing it the way of just releasing music, it's like here I am and here's my product, which is smart. Okay. That's my other advice would be just make sure you like what you're making. Because I know from our experience, we wrote so many demos and it's gone to a point where we're like, what is this? This is not us. Well, we don't like this. And so we just scrapped it. But, you know, it's it's we we're working on it to the point where we we're getting really frustrated at each other and not understanding why we don't like it. And then we realize this isn't us. So, yeah, write something that you enjoy and make sure, you, you know, you enjoy it enough that you can go on with it. And before you even get to that point, like make sure that as I said, we've gone through so many different versions of this band, different members have sort of come and gone and that sort of thing. Um, and just because somebody can play, it can be the best player in the world. If you don't fit personality wise and vibe wise, it's not going to work. Like you were going to live basically with these people. These become your best friends, your family, you know, the idea is that, you know, we want to tour, we want to live, literally live in each other's pockets. And that's how so many bands break up. Like, yeah, you can be the best player in the world, but if you're a dick or whatever, um, or you just, you know, sometimes personalities just don't go together. Like you can be two completely amazing, lovely people, but you just, you know, you normally wouldn't just hang out. And that can be the difference between an amazing band that sort of clicks and just works well together and um just shit so yeah and and it's miserable like you this is something you want to do for you, for your life then make sure it's with people you want to be with all of the time for your life like it's that's a massive part um of forming a band is you're forming a family unit basically so it's a big a big thing to sort of think about when you're actually sort of yeah just becoming a band yeah i agree 100 percent with that one i think that's like the reason 90 percent of bands break up i would yeah and you don't want to put in all of the effort um and you know finally get up to you know that point where you're starting to actually break it through and do stuff um and then just have to fall right back and sort of start again because everyone just has a fallout and no one wants to see each other anymore. Um, it's yeah, bad for your music <laughs> dreams um, and it's not great for when, you know, you're trying to, you know, it's it's a horrible, it's a breakup. It is a, a band breakup, so it hurts and it's not something you want to end up with. So you can be, you know, you know pretty early on whether you, this is something that's going to work for long term. My other advice would be go to to local shows and gigs. Yes. Go to the scene. Like, you know, at the end of the day, everyone's friendly and you don't know who you meet because 
ever since I joined this band, I've just met so many cool new people and so many bands. It was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, I never knew, like, the community's been so open and friendly. Um, and yeah, I think that's another advice I'll give. Go to shows, go to gigs, especially local ones. Yeah, make connections. Like, the more people you know, the more friends you have in the scene, they'll help you out, you help them out, you support them, they support you. You get into their shows and then eventually they'll get into your shows and then boom, get big. More music. <laughs> I don't know. Best, All right. best plan. Good strategy. Make connections. Bottom line. I totally agree with you because with my experience, that's what I went through as well. I went to different gigs, uh, hang out with Frankie's a lot, made a lot of different musicians. But you just get you just create this bond of just awesomeness. It's just yeah. like epic people yeah. who with the same like same mindset, same interests. It's probably why it's um, Hamish. I agreed with Hamish to do this podcast so you can like just ex- like expose these great bands to just everyone, like nation, even international wide, because you know they just deserve the publicity as much as they can. Yeah, and I think I think the thing with like networking and stuff like that is you is you never know what doors, like if you go to something, you never know what doors that's going to open. Like it, nothing could happen, but then all of a sudden you meet somebody there and, and you know, you, you talk, you hang out or whatever. Then all of a sudden you're doing something else and, you know, you just, it just expands like the, you know, a network and just one door will lead to another door and, you know, you never know what happens. Yeah. And you never know who's hanging around too, like, especially at like, um, like venues too. Like, I think that's really important as well. Like we, we were, you know, interviewing a, a girl the other day named Monica Strutt and uh, she's worked for like yeah, brothers and stuff like that. And she's, you know, telling us about how, you know, you'll have the, you know, all the scouts and stuff are there, um, you know, just walking around, lurking in the back of, of the venues, you know, they won't obviously expose themselves, but they'll be putting you onto some kind of radar too. So I think that's always important to, you know, be aware of as well. It's also something to think yeah. about, just not even when you just, yeah, like, yeah, it's not just playing. Um, yeah, it is you also, yeah, the way that you present yourself in the crowd sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you don't know who you're talking to or who, you know, may know who you're talking to. Um, so you always want to, um, I mean, it's just be a decent human. Just don't be an asshole. But um but yeah, as you said, there's yeah, there's always people around and everybody it's such a tight knit community. Everybody knows somebody. Um so yeah, just make friends. It's the easiest way to sort of um get on people's radars and yeah, networking and stuff is you just make great friends and you get to make a friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't oh, don't do what I did because I got Tori and Jordan confused at one stage from Bad Moon Born and Camira. Because I thought because Tori, I thought Tori looked like Jordan and vice versa. So I was like, hey Jordan, he goes, no, I'm Tori. I'm like, oh, shit. I was like, how embarrassing is this? Rio is the best um as far as remembering who's who. I can't remember who anyone is ever. Literally I just follow Rio around um and I go, I know I know we know this person. And he goes, yeah, this is such and such. He's like my little assistant. Yeah, I was going to say, like the president with that little assistant. And like someone comes in and the assistant's like, yo, so that's this person. Like, thank you. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> so good. <laughs> if I ever talk to people and I don't have Rhea, I'm like standing there going, I know I know you and I know we've met before. And I'm like trying to, I'm like picking up clues. I'm like, that's that's who you are. I know who you are now. I'm so bad with names and faces. So I'm always like, where's Rhea? Where's Rhea? <laughs> I'm really bad with names and no, I'm really bad with, yeah, names with our own, my, like my own circle of friends. With new people, I can pick it up very easily. But once we're close, I'll mix you with another friend because I always do that and I always get called out. And I'm like, look, I don't know why it just happens. Especially when we started as a band, when um, we had our other guitarist, Noah, I kept calling Dwayne and Noah this yeah, the opposite. Yeah. And every time I was like trying to talk about guitar stuff, I go up to noah or like i'm in the room and i say hey Dwayne, for that guitar thing can you do this and Dwayne's looking at me behind his drum kit it's like what? yeah i'd be on the <laughs> other side of the room on my phone being like what do you what what i'm over here <laughs> but then with other people i'm like hey man how's it going how's ben am i this is him <laughs> yeah i made that mistake but i can get blade and jericho i know exactly who that who is who though I can get those twins correctly every time. <laughs> Not many people can. <laughs> I think uh, like uh, the the uh, with things is hard like to remember with. But if they're not holding instruments, I could probably tell the difference. Yeah. Even though one's bass and one's guitar. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I can do right. But um, I think for as far as remembering names go, if you just write, like if somebody tells you their name, like when it, when you guys told me your names, I'm just linking it to different things. Like Rio, when you told me your name was Rio, I'm thinking of the movie Rio a couple of years ago and with the birds. Yeah. That's what I'm imagining. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's so weird. Um, When I introduce myself and my name is Rio, I have like this age demographic so I can sort of figure out how old you are. Yeah. If you if you say oh like the Duran Duran song, I'm like all right, you're that far behind. If you say Rio the Bird movie, I'm like okay, you're in the early two thousands. And if you say um, Rio de Janeiro, then I'm like oh, I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm only thinking of Rio from Money Heist because I'm watching it now. Yeah. The character in Money Heist, his name is Rio, like the yeah. like the the town Rio. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. I've, I've heard it's really, really good. good. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> That's only why I could remember. Otherwise, I'll just I'll just remember your name as real. There's no, I don't have I don't have any problems with names. And uh, Dwayne, you were the you were the rock, like the you know, like I can't. I've heard this joke so many times. All the haha, the rock. You know, my brother's name is actually Johnson, and that's the worst part. Yeah, that's the best. <laughs> <laughs> I like made my day when you told me that your brother's name was Johnson. Yeah, it's like you guys have a middle brother called the rock. Haha, was it on purpose? Haha. Like, yep. <laughs> thanks oh. i've heard all the jokes and um emma you were the like the from the you know the actor emma watson and uh and then sarah i just was able to i you know your name was just easy to you know remember I'm just sarah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so no. sad. sarah the french i guess sarah, I always, everyone thinks i'm sarah so no one knows who's <laughs> Emma, who's Sarah? I always say, "Are you Sarah?" I'm like, no. What the hell? Really? Hello. I'm Emma. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sarah. I didn't have any, you know, one to link you to. I just have enough Sarahs in my, you know, in my life that I could that it was easy to, you know, remember Sarah. Yeah, we we just interviewed a Sarah from Start Your Own Cult, and we were talking about that too yeah. because our friend um was editing the YouTube 
video and he called her Ruby. I'm like, where'd you get Ruby from? <laughs> so I don't know. He just lucky um Hamish looked at the video before it got uploaded. So <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Just on the Oh, sorry, Paul. I've done... You go, you go. Sorry, you go, mate. I was going to say, before we start to wrap this up, guys, is there anything that um, you want to cover, you know, you, you, you guys want to speak about? Yeah. Um, we just released our latest single, Sunburn. Um, and that was an interesting experience because obviously COVID happened and our initial plan for that we were going to do like a live music video at our headline show at Vertigan but that didn't happen so we did a whole you know green screen idea and that was very last minute um, but if you haven't listened to Sunburn or viewed it you can check it out on our socials um, but yeah that's pretty much it that's all I want to say <laughs> I don't know about the rest of the guys <laughs> I never want to do another music video like that again I had a mental breakdown trying to film that stupid thing in my well, against this wall I had a shade yeah. up on the wall but I stacked yeah. it my it, god it took me three hours to set up by because I had to do it outside on a windy day get all the sheets going and then my drum kit it took three hours and I hated all of it but we got there <laughs> two days because i accidentally like deleted all the footage from the first day and then had to redo it again and because i just could not bring myself to refilm it that day i was having a tantrum um so <laughs> no <laughs> and my bird didn't want to dance she like so she dances to everything and then i if you watch the music video you'll see it my cockatoos yeah. and um and as soon as she saw the little like set up that I, I had like sticky taped my phone to a mic stand and had like yeah this sort of set up in here um and she just like what's going on I'm like come on please do something I'm done so yeah I never want to do that again <laughs> do you guys have any plans in the next year or so with your band like any while like you're making songs any gigs hopefully secrets <laughs> no, no is, we it, is it secrets? any exclusive for your fans out there do i know anything um, uh, sarah do you want to take this one sarah i can take this one yeah uh, we're gonna as soon as lockdown is over we're gonna be writing and writing and writing and then we're gonna like go to producers and stuff because we want to uh, get our music to the next le uh, level so like we we never did course or songwriting with other bands or producers but we're gonna do that as soon as we can so um that's our plan and then we'll release more music and we'll make a sick video because um <laughs> it's not gonna be a lockdown video again it's gonna look very cool and then after that i hope we can play a lot of shows that's some the plan <laughs> But something very exclusive, our next single, it's going to have a feature and it's going to be sick. And yeah, when you when you find out who it is, you know, it's going to be a banger. <laughs> oh, I feel dirty saying banger. <laughs> but yeah, and we are, our next single has a feature in it. Um, it's actually already done, but then we decide to add someone to sing in it um to give it extra flavor and that person has graciously said yes um i'm not going to reveal who it is until later down the road just because anything can happen um but yeah we're very excited for this person to 
sing with us. And hopefully when we do our headliner show, pending on COVID, we'll ask this person to come up and sing with us for this song. Because it's definitely a heavier song mm. to date, but it's the most energetic um, song that we've had ready to go. I like you giving away everything. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not giving much. Am I? I just said a person. I know nothing. I, 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 yeah, I didn't mention the gender. I didn't mention the person. I felt like, you know, it's all right. I mean, we could we could just be dicks and be like, ha, oh, surprise. We're a reggae pop band now. <laughs> this is our new single. <laughs> Nice guys. Well, thank you very much for coming on today. All right, thank you. No problems. Thanks for having us. No worries. Anytime, guys. And let us know when you uh, drop your new single and uh, if we can put it up. We'll yeah. do. We'll do. Crazy. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.